And the scripture comes from John chapter 10, verses 1 to 21. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus asked again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is of hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my father. There was again a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, He is a demon. He is insane. Why listen to him? Others said, These are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? You may be seated. Time to time uh, in our course of life, we feel we're completely isolated from God. Right? We ask, is really God there? Philosopher named Martin Buber called it the eclipse of God. After he experienced the horror and terror of the World War II, by the way, he was a Jew. He felt the absence of God in this world. And he said, we are living in the eclipse of the light of heaven, eclipse of God. Such indeed is the character of the historic hour 
through which the world is now passing. So eclipse of God is a time something obstructs us from God. We know eclipse. It's temporary. We know the sun is behind the moon. What other things obstruct us from God? It can be calamities, serious illness, accident, you name it. Even though we know God is behind these things, but we tend to wallow in despair and cry out, How long? How long, Lord? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from from me? But we believe we should not be in the eclipse of God because Jesus came and removed whatever obstructs us from God. He paid for our sin, paid for our brokenness, sin, calamities, illness, whatsoever. Those things cannot obstruct us from God. Because Jesus came and recovered our relationship with God. So today, in Scripture, Jesus Christ declared himself, I am the door of the sheep. For hundreds of years, people of Israel was in the eclipse of God. There was no prophets, Nobody. And there were so many other Messiah, they claimed themselves, but they all failed. But why Jesus said, I'm the door of the sheep? As you can see, this is a typical sheepfold of Israel. So overnight, shepherds put all the sheep inside the pen, and by this little opening there, the shepherd sitting there as the door. So he has the control of access. So the door is the shepherd himself. And sheepfold is the salvation. It's God himself. So Jesus claims that he has the authority of salvation. And he is the only way to salvation. And salvation is 
being in the sheepfold and communion with God, hang out with God. But people of Israel rejected Jesus because they believed that only way to salvation is keeping the Torah, the law of God. So they did just work hard to keeping the law. Okay, they were okay doing all the rituals, keeping the Sabbath and all the law. But they didn't have this conviction, assurance of salvation. And the more problem is they don't have love in them. They don't have a mercy. The Torah has the justice and righteousness. Justice is doing the right thing. Or knowing what is wrong. Justice. That's Torah, the function of Torah. And the other function is justice, righteousness, being merciful, helping people, grace. But they forget about it. They didn't do it because they don't have the love. Even they just keep saying, we love the Lord, we love Yahweh, but they don't have that loving relationship. They were not in the sheepfold. They pretended. And to Jesus... Jesus is just a, a poor rabbi from poor town, Nazareth. So they didn't care what Jesus said. But actually, Jesus, what Jesus did was keeping the law. Not, even the, not just you know, pretending as a ritual or habit, but actually he made the law into his life. So not only the Word became flesh, incarnation, He incarnated the Word, faith, into real life. So Torah became His life. His faith became the life. But people sin Jesus, but they didn't see God. They didn't believe God. Because what Jesus did, keeping the law, incarnate the law, word of God, bothered them. The life of Jesus, the way of Jesus, conflict with their desires. So they didn't want to follow Jesus. So they were still in the eclipse of God. What about today? What, of, what is your time now? Are you in the eclipse of God? Is something between you and God blocking you from God? Or you have a full access to God? So you can go in and out freely. You hang out with God anytime you want. And you have a joy in Him. Do you feel you are really living? You have the life in abundance. People can see God. 
because they enter wrong door. They follow wrong shepherd. So Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. Who are they? We don't know, of course. But about two centuries before Jesus was born, because they, the Israel was in the, in the uh, um, eclipse of God, darkest hour, so, so many Jewish people claim their, I am the Messiah, I am the door, I am the shepherd of Israel. Usually they were politicians, they were generals, like rebel leader. But they just deluded, deceived the people with promising all the needs of the people. Like politicians today, they're promising all the, all the goodies before election, right? They did the same. Because the people always looking for somebody will fix their problem and guarantee the prosperity and security of their life. Like today's politician, everybody talks about economy, better economy. But these false leaders came just to take advantage of those people, their desires. So they just came and exploit people for their own good. So Jesus called them the robbers and thieves. But let's ask, what do we want from God? Today, what do, we, what do I want from my faith in Christ? Being Christian, what do we want? What are we looking for from our faith, from church, being a church, what are we looking for? Aren't we listen to or follow the robbers and thieves? Whoever promising better economy? So, Let's talk about the difference between shepherd and robbers. Shepherd, Jesus, came to create community of communion with God. I share with you the community, communion, they, they share the same root, come together, uh, munus, uh, gift. So, Community is the people together being gifts for each other. That's community and communion. And Jesus came to create that community we call church. And it is desire of God. It is the love of Christ. 
But robbers came just to destroy the community, church. I think they are very successful. So many churches being destroyed nowadays, especially. Right? So the robbers came and just destroyed the church, the community, the communion with God. Why? Because it is the desire of Satan. Satan is whoever against God, adversary of God. So robbers think, because robbers think the benefits themselves only. They don't care the benefits of other people or everybody's benefits. So robbers consider people or others, other people, as a means. Just means. So they want to use them, manipulate them for their cause, for their task, for their benefit, for their gain. But Jesus considers other people as a purpose. The people is the purpose of God itself. And the purpose of God. What is the purpose of God? What is the purpose of God for us? For you and me? What is the purpose of God for you and me? And Jesus died for. The purpose of God is the abundant life. Abundant life. What is abundant life? Like those people, millionaire, billionaires. No. Abundant life is people who invite other people into their life and share the benefits together. And there is a joy of God. The robbers would sacrifice other people for their benefit. But we know Jesus sacrificed himself for others' benefit. The eternal benefit, salvation. So we can, people can enter into the joy, the life in abundance. But how can we enter? How can we actually enter into the joy, the life in abundance? Jesus said, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. So here's a preposition by is very important. Because the by in Greek is a dia. Dia can be, has been translated in the Bible many different ways. It has a meaning, the original meaning is through. Dia is a through. 
but it also has a meaning of by, with, for. So, if anyone enter by Jesus, with Jesus, through Jesus, and for Jesus, then they will have a joy. And what does that mean? <laughs> By Jesus, through Jesus, with Jesus, for Jesus. It means we enter with the authenticity of Jesus. The attitude of Jesus. The way of Jesus. Do we have authenticity of Jesus? Are we striving to keep this authenticity of Jesus in first church, in this corner? If we don't have authenticity of Jesus, way of Jesus, attitude of Jesus, towards God and towards the people, then we cannot enter the door. Salvation. A lot of people, a lot of Christians bypassing Jesus and they claim they enter into the joy. If we don't have joy, if we don't have life in abundance, we cannot sustain Christian life. That's the joy is the energy. The strength for us to sustain. I believe that's why so many churches closing, declining. Because they don't have a fuel. No energy. So Jesus declared himself. Because people don't get it. Jesus said to people, Jesus is preaching now, and people still don't get it. What are you talking about? Enter by you? What are you talking about? So Jesus said, it's the same thing, but Jesus said one more time, I am the good shepherd. Because good in Greek is kalos, which means beautiful. Good means beautiful. So what is beautiful to you? What is the beauty for you? Who is beautiful? Like a Miss Universe or the model? Your grandchild? Babies? Well, who is beautiful? What is beautiful? Beautiful in Hebrew is tov. Tov. You know the tov, word tov. In Genesis chapter 1, when God created, let there be light. And God saw that the light was good. That good is tov. Same as a good, kalos. Good. What is that good? So good, beautiful means what God gave and perceive as good. When God says good, it's good. Light is good. Tree is good. 
That's what God created. So, I told you last week, we must see other people and creation, everything, through the curved line of vision. To see, Keith, I have to see God. I have to gaze upon God. So, how God sees Keith, that I should perceive what God, how God sees Keith. Not like I see Keith with a straight line of vision and how I perceive. That's good. How God gaze and how God perceive. So we must see people. Jesus is a good shepherd because he sees everyone through the eyes of God. And it is also incarnate the Word of God. I told you many, many times, the Word of God, the Word in Hebrew is Dabar. Dabar is like like I said, the Word become reality. Let there be light, and there's light. That's Dabar. And God says, let there be light, let there be light, but there's no light, then that's not Dabar. The Dabar, the Word of God, is with the energy, power, become real, reality. So our faith, and Jesus lived the Word of God by practicing the Word of God, practice the love of God by His life. So that's why He's a good shepherd. How do we do that then? We are not Jesus. How do we do that? Jesus said, Good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Well, Pastor, I don't think I, lay, I can lay down my life for, you know, people. I'm not saying that. I'm not suicidal. It's a, but Jesus, Jesus did. So doing gospel, giving myself to other people. Jesus had to lie down because to forgive us. But remember Psalm 23rd, describe what is being a good shepherd, right? He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the right passes for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. You are with me. Emmanuel, God. So God is the shepherd. Good shepherd is a selfless love. And I told you last week, this love of Christ is we being the unlimited responsibility for others. That's what we pursue. Being the unlimited responsibility for others. But Jesus warns us. There's a hired hand. They don't care about sheep. They don't care about the people. So when Christ comes, when calamity comes, 
they will just desert their sheep and run away. We cannot lay down our life for other people. But then how did Jesus expect us to be the good shepherd? Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I know my own. My own knows me. Just as the Father knows me, I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. So it is knowing, giving myself to other people, is knowing, creating community, the communion with God, the community of love, it's knowing. Do you know me? How much do you know me? Do I know you? How much I know you? It's not like a we know, like what with our straight line of vision, I see you. And look at your record, the membership record. No, it's not. It is knowing the entirety of the person. So we must know the entirety of Jesus. Then we know God. We know God, then we have this light in us. Then we can see the truth. So Jesus doesn't want us to die. But knowing other people. It's more than like parents knowing their child. Like a spouse knows their spouse. It's more than that. Like thou and I, fully embracing, fully responsible, and fully sacrificing. In that way, we know each other. Then they will know who they are. They will know the joy. They will have the life in abundance. And this is the reason that Jesus called you and me first. This is the reason you and I here, sitting in the pew. In this chapter, Jesus said a very important message for the audience. And the early church remembered this message. Jesus said, I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice so there will be one flock, one shepherd. Jesus saying the Gentile, non-Jews. Do you know how amazing it is How church grew so big. By 313, we know like Emperor Constantine gave the Christian uh, 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 
the freedom to worship, and that is kind of starting of a church growth. No. Constantine and Emperor, Emperor Constantine gave them permission because of his political gain. He was not Christian in the beginning. Because more than half of the Roman Empire population was already Christians by 313. But we know how Romans persecuted Christians. You know. You know, you know even Roman people this categorize Roman people as a number one race. Jewish and all other hidden or you know, non-Romans as a second race. And Christians as a third race. That's how discriminate Christians, that's how Romans persecuted Christians. You know how horrible the you know, persecution on churches. They burnt them and boiled them. Even they deep fried them. They lighting with the Colosseum with the skewer of the people and then burnt them and then li- with the lighting with, of the people burning, they watch Gladiator and all those games. But then how, how Roman people in 300 years Half of them, more than half of them, become Christians. There were two great pandemics, plagues. It was just a missile and chickenpox. But you know, two thousand years ago, they had no cure for that. So, first, first pandemic killed quarter of population of Roman Empire, and there was second, second pandemic killed five million people. And during the time, Christians amazed Romans. So many people infected. So they, were, they had to leave their home. But Christians welcomed them to their house, took care of them, treated them. What, do they have like a Walgreens and you know, uh, doctors and medicines and antibiotics? No. So many Christians die from being infected. But after these two great pandemics, so many Roman people turned to Christians. They were amazed by it. There was no such a word as agape. It was there. Agape, word, love, agape. But nobody used it. There's no agape. But they saw, they witnessed agape in real by Christians. They were amazed what kind of people they are. That's how church grew. So they remember Jesus have desire to save all these people by being the door for the people, regardless of Jews or Gentiles. Being the good shepherd for those people. So you know what? How we are so frustrated with this you know, coronavirus over like two, three years now. But can you think about it? If the Christianity is like a virus, contagious, how easy it is. 
But love is contagious. Love must be contagious. The faith must be contagious. So people just being infected. Amen. To be contagious, you have to live contagious life. You have to be contagious. Your love must be contagious. Our compassion for our consideration, our love for this community must be contagious. They know. We are all spiritual beings, so they sensing spirit of us. Especially those needy people, poor and needy people, they know. They want to be loved. They want to be treated as a precious. They want to have this genuine relationship, being a friend, real friend. Not as a church, as a charity organization. So mission must be contagious. And, but you know, but still, DJ, why, why, why you make it Christianity so difficult? Why? Why Christian, Christianity always like a, you know, like an old rugged cross way? Let's make an easy way. God loves us. But let me tell you why. Because we receive life by giving life. Jesus said, no one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. In Matthew, Jesus said, For whoever will save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What a great investment. You give what? I don't know how many years I live from now on. I mean, my entire ministry, I don't know, maybe 30, 35 years. Even I retire when I become 70 years old. My ministry is only 35 years. I, I invest my 35 years, but I gain eternal life. What a great return, right? It's better than that congressman's return. Far better. But still, people don't invest their life. People don't give their life, receiving life, the eternal life, eternal benefit. So when we sacrifice for others, others' life, Jesus saves our life for eternity. But people, they are drawn to the gravity, the sin. They don't get it. No, I'm not going to invest my life. But we should give our life because we are drawn to the grace. 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 We must be graceful. Because we gain more.
Dear friends, faith is trusting God. Trusting God is loving God. Loving God is the joy of God. The joy of God is life in abundance. Life becomes abundant when we give and receive, when we invite other people to my life. If we just hold what we have, they will not become abundant. This is the reason God called you and me. God entrusted. Remember, remember, I'm here to, I'm appointed to this church to tell you. The people of Ephrata, people you encounter every day, your family, your neighborhood, God entrusted them to you under your responsibility. The responsibility is unlimited. So we must bear this weight, the burden of this calling. Today's church is in crisis. It's so sad. But it is because of the 21st century postmodernism, because of progressive people, progressive young people, and our government, our federal government. How long are we going to blame the federal government and our president and the progressive people? Not because of that, but church is in crisis because church is no longer the door of the sheep. Church is no longer the good shepherd for the people. So people don't know who they are. So friends, first church, we are here to create this community of joy, the life in abundance. And giving ourselves to other people. We must open our doors so people will come in and out freely and they will know how good they are, how precious they are, how beautiful they are. That's our mission. Amen.